Hello and welcome back to Tasteful History. I'm Sasha and today I'll be talking about Queen Blanche II of Navarre. Now I'm in a very good mood today. It's snowing outside and it's just like all nice and clear and white because nobody's walked in the snow yet and it's like actively snowing right now so I'm in a very good mood and Blanche's story just ruined that for me. So without further ado, here is Blanche II's very saddening story. It literally put me in a bad mood after snow. I love snow. So Queen Blanche II of Navarre was born on June 9th, 1424 in Olite, Navarre, which is now Spain, but was then an independent kingdom. Blanche wasn't the daughter of the King of Navarre, but she was the daughter of the Queen of Navarre. So, of course, I love her mother too, so we're going to talk about her really cool mother now. So, Blanche's mother was another Blanche, Queen Blanche the First of Navarre. So, because I don't like getting confused, let's call her just Queen Blanche. And the Blanche that I'm actually talking about, Blanche the Second, just Blanche. So Queen Blanche was the daughter of King Charles III of Navarre, who had a real Henry VIII situation going on, but it's like a lot worse than Henry VIII's whole situation, and he never really went as far as Henry VIII to correct it. So his first six children were daughters, Joanna, Maria, Queen Blanche, Margaret, Beatrice, and Isabella. He did have some really good not Henry VIII luck and had two sons, but then he didn't have good luck and both of those sons died more than 20 years before him. And none of them lived long enough to have their own sons. One died at the young age of five and the other at a few months old, so medieval child mortality strikes again. And so that's how Queen Blanche became queen. By the time Charles III was dead, Queen Blanche was his oldest surviving daughter, so she got to be queen, yay for her. But before becoming queen, Queen Blanche had been queen of another country because she is awesome. She had married King Martin I of Sicily and became Queen of Sicily. When Martin was away from Sicily trying to conquer Sardinia, because Italy was also made of a bunch of little itty bitty tiny kingdoms at the time, Blanche got to be his regent because for some reason, people were okay with a woman being regent, like the de facto ruler of a country while somebody is away. But for some reason, people were totally not okay if a woman rules in her own right. I do not understand this logic, but okay. So after Martin's death, there was this really weird situation that I have not encountered anywhere else. Like this is totally weird. So Queen Blanche and Martin had had a son who died in infancy. 
So Martin was succeeded by, and this is just the craziest scenario that I have ever seen happen before in history, his father. His father succeeded him. I am not even joking. His father succeeded him. Okay, but you hear of like a grandson, a cousin, an uncle, but never the father. So how do you get your father to succeed you? So Martin's father, the way I understand it, another Martin, was king of Aragon, but also in line for the kingdom of Sicily. He couldn't have taken Sicily because he was already king of Aragon, but if that throne went to his son, Sicily would sort of be like in his sphere of influence, so good for him. So his son, the other Martin, got that throne. And because Martin didn't have any heirs, the throne went to Martin's father, the one who succeeded Blanche's, Queen Blanche's husband, the King of Aragon, but that's just the way I understand it. I hope I'm right. Anyways, that's really weird, but okay. Queen Blanche was allowed to stay as regent for a little longer, but eventually lost the job and had to return to Navarre. Then, a little while later, Queen Blanche was sworn in as heir to Navarre because her two older sisters that I mentioned, I think it was two older sisters, that doesn't really matter, but they were all dead plus her two little brothers, so she was heir to Navarre because her father really had no choice. So she wasn't being her former father-in-law's regent anymore, so she was free to get married again. And this time she married a total piece of crap named John. Now he really is a total piece of crap and I am not exaggerating like I often do. I hate him because he's today's villain and I just do not like or trust this guy. You probably know John for being the father of a famous guy named Fernando II of Aragon, the wife of Queen Isabella I of Castile. You might not have heard of Isabella I of Castile, but you might have heard of some of her little accomplishments. She started the Spanish Inquisition and sent Columbus, Christopher Columbus, to the Americas. I did a episode about her daughter, Queen Juana la Loca, so go listen to that. She was, well, really scary lady, I think, but okay. Queen Blanche was not her husband Fernando's mother, though. He was John's son by the woman he'll marry after Blanche, Queen Blanche, dies. So Blanche, Queen Blanche, unlike her father, had a son. She had a son named Charles who lived until 40, and he did have a very long 20-year reign, but he was not really ruling during that time. And now I'm going to teach you a little new thing that I learned while watching, not watching, researching this episode. So there are two ways, like, as I understand it, that you could have ruled a country at this time. So it was like being the de facto ruler would be like Charles, the Prince, the Prince of Vienna, who I think it's Vienna. He became king after Queen Blanche because he was her son. But anyways, on his Wikipedia page, it says reign 1441 to 1461, de jure only. I think that's how you say it. So you can be like a de facto ruler or you can be a de jure ruler. So de jure means that you are the legal ruler of something, but being a de facto ruler means that 
you're not legally recognized as the ruler of some place or something, but you just rule it anyways. So, John, who was Queen Blanche's second husband and the father of our Blanche, was the de facto ruler at this time, while Charles was just sort of a figurehead. So, he kept control. John, the father of Blanche, he did not like his kids, this John guy, remember his name. And he kept control of Navarre, even though poor Charles was a grown man when he took the throne. We'll all hate John as the story progresses. So, why are there so many tiny little kingdoms in Spain? Well, they were all different kingdoms for a really long time because that was also going on in Italy and it was going on in a lot of places, but okay. So, on the Iberian Peninsula, and I think I talked about this in the Juana the Mad episode, it was, there were four kingdoms on, in modern-day Spain, and then there was Portugal, and it still exists, Portugal, and it was always its own kingdom, even though it was ruled by the monarchs of Spain for a time. And then there was Castile and Leon whose ruler, Juana the Mad's son, ended up becoming monarch of all Spain because of a lot of inheriting stuff. I don't think he became king of Navarre though, but I'll just have to check that out. It's not really that important. And then there was Aragon, and because Fernando II of Aragon, who is our Blanche's stepbrother, he married Isabella I of Castile and Leon, so they ended up having their ruler become monarch of all Spain, and that ruler was one of the man's son, and then there was Navarre, which we'll talk about today. So, while all this was going on, while everybody was fighting, killing, conquering, and stealing the throne from each other, Blanche was growing up. Blanche, like I mentioned, had the older brother Charles, as well as an older sister, Joan, who died in infancy, and a younger sister, Eleanor. So after Charles, it would be Blanche next in line, and then her younger sister, Eleanor. So at 15, which is a very young age to get married for any era, Blanche was married to her cousin Enrique, the future king of Castile. Well, actually, 15 wasn't that young to be married in this era, but okay. So... Well, being betrothed since she was 10, not very unusual either, but one thing I don't understand is that Enrique in English is Henry, and not knowing that confused me because some places they'll call him Henry, some places they call him Enrique, but Enrique IV of Castile and Henry IV of Castile are the same person, I will just be calling him Enrique in this episode. This marriage was obviously arranged for alliance reasons, and this whole thing was not going to work out well for Blanche at all. So Enrique's cool little title was Prince of Asturias, so Blanche became Princess of Asturias and would definitely be Queen of Castile someday. Enrique, like Blanche's father John, was, guess what, an absolute piece of crap which we'll find out soon enough. Talking about Enrique would be useless because he was useless, so let's talk about Blanche and Enrique and how much of an amazing couple they were. But first, Blanche's mother, Queen Blanche, 
died about a year after Blanche and Enrique got married, and then Blanche's older brother became king, and John, her father, kept control of the government and all that stuff I was talking about at the beginning with the de facto stuff happened. So anyways, Blanche was married to Enrique for 13 years and quite famously, they never consummated the marriage. Anyways, Blanche was married to Enrique for a full 13 years and quite famously, their marriage was never consummated. And Enrique was like, it's totally Blanche's fault. Is there any way she's not using witchcraft on me to make me impotent? She has to be a witch. My wife is a witch, everyone. And everyone else who didn't like Enrique were like, hmm, no. And for once, they left the woman who wasn't having a million kids alone. So it was actually Enrique's problem. And for the first time, because they didn't like Enrique, Enrique actually got blamed a little bit and Blanche's amazingness just nobody blamed her because she was so amazing and they just didn't consummate their marriage for the whole 13 years that they were married I think one of the main reasons is that they hated each other and everybody blamed Enrique and they gave him the nickname El Impotente and everyone thought he was impotent for the rest of his life so after he, after his marriage to Blanche ended, he got married again, and everybody thought he was impotent, so once he had a daughter named Juana, everybody was like, oh my god, she's illegitimate, and that made his sister, Queen Isabella I of Castile, that helped her become Queen of Castile. So anyways, Enrique started attempting to annul his marriage to Blanche because he's a total piece of crap. He was like, look, I'm not El Impotente. I am completely not El Impotente. Blanche has turned me into El Impotente, so annul my marriage. Thank you. Blanche had to be examined to see if she was still a virgin, and guess what? She was. Enrique was really desperate to get his marriage annulled, and having his wife be examined and all that it would completely ruin their reputations and make them the laughingstock of Europe, but it was the only thing that would actually help him get his marriage annulled. Now, Enrique's other option to get his marriage to Blanche annulled was to get it annulled on the grounds of consanguinity. So he could have said that he and Blanche were cousins, which they were, so they were too closely related to marry, but because literally everybody was everyone's cousin, at this time because of all of the inbreeding and not so much inbreeding everybody's like everybody's cousin everybody's second cousin he'd have a hard time finding a wife after blanche if he said that we're too closely related to be married then everybody would call him like he couldn't get married again if he would have a really hard time if he said that he and blanche were too closely related to marry so after 13 years of being married to not good Enrique, in 1453, Blanche's marriage was annulled and she got to go home, where she quickly felt like she could never get a break anywhere because this whole thing is really weird. But before we talk about Blanche going home, let's talk about what ended up happening to Enrique. 
he married again because why not and this time it was another really cool lady named joan of portugal so the thing about joan is that everybody was so scandalized by her and everybody thought she was having affairs with every single person and everybody like she had a daughter named juana not the juana the mad and once joan had this daughter named juana it was the beginning of enrique's downfall i guess because nobody thought juana was actually legitimate and juana never ended up becoming queen of castile and enrique ended up being sort of overthrown in a way but not really overthrown because he was still king there was just a lot of war with his sister and stuff so basically at the time blanche got back to navarre there was this really her disgusting and horrid father john was ruling navarre and he pretty much refused to give any power to his son the actual ruler of navarre blanche's brother charles charles also wanted a little power he liked power just like his father and he wanted some and legally it was his power anyway so can you blame him for claiming power no Blanche supported her brother because her father is slimy and disgusting and I don't like him. And John was like, hmm, no, I don't really think so. And he disinherited them both. I'm not sure how exactly he was able to do that with Charles being a king and all, but it happened. And Charles's wife had also died recently and Charles wanted to get married again to Isabel of Castile, whom we've mentioned, Isabella I of Castile, mother of Juana the Mad, John's son's future wife. So she did end up marrying into the family, just not to Charles. So John, who, by the way, had remarried and yeah, which Charles was not very happy about, didn't like that his son, John didn't like that his son wanted to get married again, so he just decided to lock his son up, I guess. So Charles got thrown in prison, but eventually he was released and then he dropped dead. He was probably poisoned by Juana Enriquez, his stepmother, the one who John had remarried to. But the thing is, legally, Blanche was not the heir because of their horrible, slimy, disgusting father. But her sister Eleanor, who had always agreed with their father and never gotten in his way, was heir to Navarre. But the thing is, because there's always a thing, literally every situation, it's like this. Different people liked different people, supported different people, and a lot of people wanted Blanche's queen, a lot of people wanted Eleanor's queen, including John. John wanted Eleanor as queen, so here comes Blanche's doom. So Blanche was seen by some sensible people as the legitimate queen of Navarre, so I think by now you know who I support. So Blanche's sister Eleanor started to get a little nervous about her older sister usurping, I guess, from her usurping the throne. So she had her son marry the French king's sister for a little support. And then Blanche's father, John, tried to make her leave Navarre to marry Charles, Duke of Berry, the brother of the French king, because it's totally not weird 
that an aunt and a nephew are marrying two siblings, but then Blanche refused to leave and marry her future niece's brother, and then she was abducted. See, every time anybody even thinks of marrying Blanchoff or marries Blanchoff, it ends horribly. The first time, her marriage was annulled, and the second time, she was abducted. So, she tried to get help from her father's enemies who wanted her to be queen, and oh my god. How many horrible husbands have I talked about on this podcast? And today, we have a little special, a horrid father. So, Blanche blamed her sister Eleanor and her brother-in-law, who were the Count and Countess of Foix, by the way. They were like, what? What did we do? Blanche, you exist? I totally didn't know you were a person. And I am not going to kill you. No, of course not. Why would I do that to you, Blanche? And Blanche was held in the castle of Orthez, where she lived for two and a half years in the care of her sister Eleanor and her sister's husband, Gaston of Foix, and they both did not treat her very nicely. She did not get enough money to, like, be a royal person, but, like, she was also being imprisoned. And I remember in the Elizabeth Bathory episode, I was like, so there are two levels of prison. There is house arrest prison, and there is chain to a pillar prison. This is sort of like more towards chain to the pillar and that sort of prison for Blanche, but she wasn't actually chained to a pillar like Elizabeth Bathory or anything. Blanche died on December 2nd, 1464, at just the age of 40, while in Eleanor's care, and of course a lot of people thought Eleanor had killed Blanche, and I think it's like the popular theory about Blanche's death is that Eleanor killed her, and probably poisoned her because that's just how you killed people back then. That's how you were secretive about killing people. But anyways, after Blanche, Eleanor became queen but did not claim any power until after John died in 1479 because John finally died and left everyone alone in 1479, which is 15 years after Blanche died. The poor lady, honestly, she never got a chance to live in peace without her father constantly trying to imprison her and order her around, and honestly, he's a horrible father. So that story certainly got your mood off a little bit, because it got my mood off a little. I was looking at the snow and I was so happy this morning, and then I decided to record my podcast. Not a good day to do that. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for listening. I know it was short, but there's really not a lot of information out there about Blanche. And I'll see you next time, hopefully with a little longer episode. I'm still working on that. And goodbye.